here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Should we begin with the puking, or should we begin with the topics that will change the face of WWE forever? Jeff Hawkins. We are not here to talk about Curtis Hughes. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Nobody's listening for hockey talk. Jeff, Randy Orton is going to be out for four to six months, possibly all the way through WrestleMania season, four to six months due to a necessary shoulder operation. Mm -hmm. So I ask you to start this week, shake them ropes. (laughs) You're give me the poll question, aren't you? Is Randy Orton's career (laughs) as a WWE main eventer over? Not his WWE career, his career as a top guy. Probably not, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's in the main event as long as the authority is the main event. And I asked this, and we did have a poll up at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter and, you know, start using this poll feature a little bit more in aspects of whatever our top stories are. But and the reason I asked this is because for the last two years with the Daniel Bryan situation and all his concussions and the fact that they won't clear him and, you know, the stories about how he could never be the top guy in their minds again because you never know when he might go out due to an injury or due to a concussion. Randy Orton might be just as or more so injury prone than Daniel Bryan. Does not matter. Does not matter because Vince likes his look and because Triple H likes his look. Right, because yeah. and we, don't, we don't believe for a second, right, that it's just the injuries that kept Daniel Bryan out of the title picture. I mean, that was the excuse so that they oh. look okay. I don't expect him to get cleared before WrestleMania. I expect, Daniel Bryan. Right. Yeah. I expect Daniel Bryan to be out because he can't get a whiff of a storyline if the plan is to put the championship on Roman Reigns. And it's also, you know, going to a point that we won't get into later because I'll make it now. I don't read a lot into this Cesaro section thing being being an issue. I thought it might be at first when I was watching going, well, what if this catches fire? And what if this continues? Because I think they set up with the swagger going against Del Rio thing. The natural progression is Cesaro's after swagger for Del Rio, right? As a member of the uh, tag team that they were a part of. Could be. I don't know. But you're you're getting way ahead of everything. Here. I'm sorry. It's just one of those things. No. Okay. Back to the original point. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Bryan, it's, it's more than just his health. Yeah, and that's the reason the why health, I thought of it. Because Yeah, the health is a scapegoat. You have, you have Randy Orton out who may not be back until right before WrestleMania, maybe afterwards with mm-hmm. this uh, shoulder injury. And you kind of have to plan WrestleMania without him because if you're planning WrestleMania around January and you don't know if Orton's actually going to be back, you can't actually put him and peg him into a top spot. You know, So effectively, he's got to be out until after WrestleMania. He's only going to be on either the third or fourth top match on the card anyways. Most, like, not... most likely. No, yeah. but I, I say this because like when he comes back after the WrestleMania period is over and you don't have Brock for a bit, you don't have Undertaker for a bit, and Triple H is not wrestling, Like it's going to be one of those things where they're really tempted after a long absence like this to put Orton in whatever title program is available. Whatever the top storyline is, have Orton as this guy coming back, whether it's a babyface or a heel, this is a fresh matchup for someone like Roman, even though they wrestled at SummerSlam 2013, I think it was, last year. Two, oh, yeah. 2014, whatever year it might have been. Um, it's going to be seen as, to them, most likely, a fresh matchup. Let's get Randy Orton in the title picture here. We'll, we may even give him a run, but Daniel Bryan, who's in a similar situation, is not going to get that same opportunity. He's not going to get cleared. He's not even going to get cleared because it's WWE doctors doing the clearing. That that may be true. Now, the negatives, and I wanted a lot of thoughts on this because I didn't know if 
you know, a lot of people, I think, would see this injury, and of course he's going to come back as a main eventer. It's Randy Orton. Who cares about the injury? But that's what I was trying to tie it into, is the Daniel Bryan situation and other people who have come back from injuries and might be seen as injury-prone, even though John Cena had a period of time there where he seemed to be always getting injured, but was still coming back. And of course, you're going to put John Cena in the main event, so it really depends on who you are, not so the injury-proneness. Yeah, um, it's it's only an issue if they're looking for an issue. Yeah. I, and they're uh, not looking for an issue with him. We asked this on the poll. At Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, uh, is Randy Orton's career as a WWE main eventer now over with this news? And 50-50 on this one was the audience. 50% mm. for yes, 50% for no. Up until it got to 50, I don't think yes led at any point. Like, it was always no until it kind of tied in here. So, uh, you know, half the audience believes that it will be the signal of him being over. And I think they're probably thinking the same thing that I'm thinking is like, how can you push this guy as a top guy if he has this shoulder issue that keeps recurring? Like you never know when he's going to pound the mat too hard and he's going to pop his shoulder out again, break his collarbone. So, I mean, we'll see, but I can definitely see a time period in the middle of next year when there's a little lull going on in the summer where Randy Orton comes back and he in fact is the guy that they put on top with whether it's Roman Reigns, whether it's even Brock Lesnar, uh, whether it's anybody, Kevin Owens, maybe. And and that's one of the reasons why I think Randy Orton might, for the time being, now be done. Because you have this new crop that we haven't really had. Like, the previous crop was the Daniel Bryan, and then it was kind of Dolph Ziggler and who might be the next major star. But I think we've had a better crop now than we've had in many years, where we have Roman, who is destined to be a top star, at least pushed that way. You have Seth Rollins, who's on top right now. You have Kevin Owens, who is being put in main events like he is a big deal like he's someone you know he's kind of the new Kane in a way where it's this big guy who the fans may not necessarily see as a main eventer but he has some he has some credibility to him we can put him in the main events and the crowd starts to buy into him there's a new crop of stars here that can be in the main event to where you don't necessarily need to put Randy Orton in there uh, you know every six months to try and get something new over well let me ask you this Mr. You voted for Randy Orton for the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. And I'm just going to be blunt. Other than the storylines of will he, can you trust Randy Orton? When was the last time Randy Orton was interesting? I was really interested in Randy Orton when he was doing the legacy stuff, when he did the heel turn uh, or the, uh, the face turn eventually and wrestled them at WrestleMania. That's um, what, 2010? It's been a while, 2011, I believe it was. In, uh, yeah, it was Arizona. I think they did the, uh, the two-on-one handicap match with Randy Orton. I believe that was the year. Um, but yeah, I, I was interested then. Now, they took forever to start turning guys. Like Randy Orton, he was kind of cooled down a little bit because there was a perfect time where he could have come back and, this, and just broken out again as this top babyface star, but they kept him in legacy for a little bit longer than they should have. Uh, after that, I don't really know. I mean, I wouldn't say he's been in one of the most interesting programs ever in the last any, five years. They don't do anything with the character. They don't. They, he's Randy Orton. He's been the same Randy Orton that he's been since the John Cena program. Right. Yeah. And, and before that, I mean, when he was feuding with Undertaker and Mick Foley and those guys, like earlier on, he was a lot more interesting. Now, I believe Randy Orton's an interesting guy. This is just the character he's developed. He's the slow, oh. plotting, methodical, like, <laughs> I'm going to thank and kill you. Oh, is that what you think? Yeah. Okay. Because Randy Orton is, now he's a little bit more mature now, but you remember all the stories from a decade ago when he was in developmental all the way to becoming a, a top star at such a young age. I mean, this guy was playing pranks on everybody. You know, this guy was... I just was, I just viewed that as being a bully jock more than anything. I don't think that was necessarily a character type of thing. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, he was a bully jock, but I, I mean, in real... I, this guy has a little personality there. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. Way. Yeah, my thoughts went. To, my thoughts went to Randy Orton because of this raw being in Denver and having a five on five, and this is being a place where he did bust his shoulder up in one of those types of matches. The Kennedy thing. Randy Orton, Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, that's a guy. Yeah, that's yeah. a guy. Randy Orton tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday night or Wednesday. Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame issue was expected out this week. Randy Orton might be potentially added in to the Hall of Fame. I don't really expect it, but uh, I did vote. I did yep. vote for Randall Keith Kennedy Orton uh, uh -huh. into the Hall of Fame. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. We, we, we shall see. At Shake Them Ropes is the Twitter feed, at Crap Game 13 for Jeff. 
voicesofwrestling.com slash str to find all our shows and you can subscribe via itunes stitcher tune in radio youtube we got our next uh i made the page for our next live stream after survivor series oh yes the 22nd of november you can go bookmark that and be ready for it or follow our uh, feed at shake them ropes i was going to pin it but i cannot pin it right now to my twitter feed because i already have something pinned that i promised i would keep there and that is the if CM Punk ever fights in the UFC, I will eat my hat tweet, which a lot mm. of people have. You know, CM Punk, I, I, I'm doubling down. CM Punk's never going to fight in the UFC. And that's not a shot at him. That's not a shot at anyone. That's just, I don't believe it's going to happen. Where do okay. you stand still on the CM Punk fighting ever? Ever? Ever in UFC. I think he, I think he still has one fight. Still, and yeah, I it's will, been a long I will, still. I will enjoy you watching you eat a hat he, online. He signed a year ago. Mm-hmm. He's not even training right now. He's watching his Blackhawks play. He's following the Blackhawks again after following the Cubs for a month. Did a little movie. Not training this year again. I, I just don't think not only injuries, age, true interest. I think he gets a kick out of the training, but I don't necessarily know if he's motivated enough to fight. And that's not even a shot at CM Punk's motivation because we all know based on his story, based on him coming up to become a WWE champion, the guy is a motivated guy. He reaches his goals. I just don't know if this is necessarily one of those goals he's really reaching for, but we'll see. And if he fights in the UFC, I have to eat a hat. My Mm -hmm. hat. So I'm going to have to get one with barbecue sauce to help that go down. Um, The last couple of weeks, we've seen Roman Reigns' popularity. Uh, go a little bit higher than what we've seen it in the last, I would say, calendar or, uh, you know, physical year. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton, when he's up there facing off with the Kevin Owens, the crowd just erupts. Like they want to, that's the match, I think, that people really could be, could be built up to be a really high level match. The fans want to see it. Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns. And when he faces off with Seth Rollins, the main event of upcoming Survivor Series in a couple of weeks, like that's a match that people seem to really want to see. Like I'm really looking forward to Survivor Series with Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, not only for the match quality, but to see what they do with the championship and to see how the crowd reacts in Atlanta, Georgia. Because we haven't gotten the Roman Reigns popularity train going all across the country. It's been more West Coast based. So we'll see what happens when they go to the Midwest and and the East Coast here. All right, let me ask you point blank. Does Roman Reigns get a title run before WrestleMania? I It's hard telling because I can see Survivor Series being another screw job. It's a yes or no question. I would say yes. Okay. I, I will say at this point that he goes into WrestleMania as the champion. Okay. I, I, I have no problems with that. I, I You know what? I thought Roman had a decent promo at the Open. It wasn't great. But there's a problem within it, and and I'll tell you why. And it came to me, and I've 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 alluded to this on previous shows. I believe Vince McMahon when he says that the point of the when he said in uh, Beyond the Mat that the WWE makes movies. Oh yeah, I do. I do. I believe that. Well, they still teach that. I mean, Triple H talks about that in NXT every time. Yes. You know, they're yeah, making so, they're making TV shows and movies. So I take him at a, at his word for that. Now within movies and. We've all seen movies. There are various types of heroes. You have the strong, silent, badass type. You have the uh, Superman type who, you know, you know he's always going to do the right thing at the right time. You have the smart-alecky, anti-hero type. You have the brooding, angry hero type. You have the Lothario ladies' man type. You have the scrappy underdog who has to overcome all odds in order to, to get to where he is. The problem with the Roman Reigns character right now is that he's all these. At once. Whereas if he was just one of these and they concentrated on him, he'd be a great character. And it was never more clear than on this promo where he does the happy, you know, you guys being excited here in Denver makes me excited to be here. You know, happy, smiling Roman Reigns. And then all of a sudden he gets becomes grr face, angry Reigns. Ooh, now. Ooh, uh, 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 Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins. I'm like, pick one. Pick one and go with it with this guy or he's going to be dead soon because the exposition of Seth Rollins is only going to go so far on this. Another issue, too, with Roman Reigns and with anybody is give them time to kind of find themselves. 
And they never gave Roman Reigns time to find himself. He was the same character for a year and a half as part of a trio, and then all of a sudden thrust into the limelight as the next hero of the company. And he may not have been ready for that. It's not even that. They changed him from week to week. They changed him in all these different archetypes from week to week, and they're still doing it. They don't know what he is yet because they kind of want him to be John Cena, but they kind of want him to be a badass at the same time. And he can't be all these things. Right. They, I, it's not that they don't know what he is. They don't seem to know what they want him to be. Right. 100% yet. Right. He knows what he is, I think, in my opinion. I just think they give him lines like they don't know. And it's, it's baffling to me that he's been on top this long and they've stalled for this long and they still don't know how to script the guy. Yeah, I, I don't even know if he knows. I mean, I think he probably has an idea of what's best for him to be on screen. Yeah. And you get glimpses where he's just a real person and you can kind of relate to him a little bit and you kind of see, you know, okay, this is a guy I can get behind. And when he comes in and his multi-man matches and he does all the cool spots, just clear everyone out, then you kind of see, okay, this guy's cool. But then he comes out and does the 10-minute promo and he loses the audience and you're just like, okay, where are you going with this? What's the point? How are you getting there? Doesn't always seem to work. He needs to sit down with a writer be it Vince or someone else and an acting teacher and just hammer it home. What am I as a character? Okay, great. Here's what I can say. Here's what I can't say. Don't be happy to be there. Get a meeting and say, look, (laughs) you got me saying all these things and I'm happy to do it. You know, don't do the happy to be here stuff, but you know, you're happy to do your job. I just want to know, you know, what am I right now? And what am I supposed to be? Because you can see the, you can see the wheels turning when he's doing the promo. It's like, this is when I'm supposed to turn on the angry part. Grr, I'll scrunch my face up. And you're just like, okay, Roman. <laughs> you know? And then they, they they cut it short, which was a blessing in disguise. But still, at, at the same time, Den- Denver, a very friendly crowd for him. So, And it was last, it was on the build to, uh, was it WrestleMania? I think we went over with the different towns and stuff. And we thought Denver would be a good town for him. It was again. Yeah, and and yeah. that was one of the few things on the show that Denver really got behind was Roman Reigns on this show and the idea of Roman Reigns faring off with with Kevin Owens and the idea that he's facing off with Seth Rollins. I, I wonder how deep into the political game Roman Reigns is, and at some point if he's going to truly be a top guy, he's going to have to be deep in the political game, where if this guy is finding one writer on that writing team to be like his guy, yeah, like the Gewurz and the, the and Rock, Rock and Gewurz situation. Yeah. Yes, find that one guy who's going to write specifically for you to find things that work best for you. A guy that also you know uh, Vince kind of likes or Stephanie kind of likes. So when, that when they say something in the meetings, they're listened to. Yeah. He's got to find that guy. Yeah. And um, uh, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. <laughs> I just blanked for a moment there. I'm sorry. And um, it happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it happens. No, I. Oh, that's what it was. He doesn't lack for confidence. No, if you, if no. you read his interviews, it's he almost comes all almost as Corbin did on Breaking Ground that, last. That's week. the way you have to come across. Like John Cena in interviews nowadays can come across like he's a humble guy and everything, or he can you know that not everything is about him. But you know that guy knows everything's about him. Okay. You have to. You have to be everything is about me. CM Punk is that guy. That's the only reason that got him to the top. Cesaro is not that guy. Daniel Bryan is not that guy. Daniel Bryan is one of the few guys I've ever seen get to a top-level position in spite of himself. Yeah, but it's a different kind of thing with, like, Punk. And Cena's has kind of always been, I mean, even though he may know it, he always came up, he all could always turn on the false humility if he had to. And Punk's is more kind of acerbic stuff. His is more, I have I have a chip on my shoulder, come knock it off type of confidence. That not that that you know like the Rollinses and the Jerichos and other people who do yeah. mainstream media can't get. Yeah, it's that's probably a little bit more accurate. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I'm excited for the Roman Reigns Seth Rollins. Uh, one yeah. other thing we kind of get uh, we've gotten teased a little bit, and it seems to be there on a destiny to each other is the Intercontinental Championship. Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose, which is another match I believe that a majority are looking forward to. And, and the nice little program for Dean who has had nothing to do since Randy Orton got hurt. This is, he's, he's the, he's Roman's buddy. That's what it's been so far. I, I was looking on the Twitter timeline and I thought a lot of people, you know, were seeing when a five on five was coming as the main event of raw, 
and Dean Ambrose was going to be on the team again. How many weeks are we going to have the, oh, this is where Dean turns on Roman? It's not happening, guys. He's buddies with Roman Reigns. That's, huh. his, that's his deal. He's not turning on Roman. That, this is not the traditional, oh, you know, back, backstage tease. They're best that, friends, and then their, a turn happens. Yeah. He's, he's the friend of Roman Reigns. That's his gimmick. That wasn't even the worst part. The worst part was Michael Cole going, who could Roman possibly have gotten for his team? I don't know. Maybe the guy who teams with him every week. The guy who's always guy? is yeah, always <laughs> on his team, always ready and willing to help. There's there's another archetype, the the loner, the the, the loner who goes goes up against it all and he's the tough guy and doesn't need any friends. No, he's had a friend every week. It's it's Dean Ambrose. Every week Dean Ambrose. Yeah. And then those <laughs> useless Usos came back. You know, I didn't like this. I like the Usos. I didn't like putting them in this match and jobbing them out. I thought they should have been kept as a, as a surprise for maybe a big match on a special event. You could have you could have taken out the Dudleys here easily. I mean, I know it sets up a New Day program. Don't get me wrong on, on that front. I understand what they were doing with this. But now they don't seem like a big deal to me. I, I just think they should have been held off a bit here. And especially with the great job they did on this program with the Lucha Dragons. And they did do a great job with them, both on the match and the video package that they had for them. That was phenomenal how, for a team that nobody cares about. How weird was that, too? Because on the week after Alberto Del Rio comes back, and WWE is so trying to find a, a Hispanic star, someone that can sell merchandise and someone that can get them even higher into Mexico and get them into Latin countries. Hispanic male star. Yes. Hispanic male star. Yes. Cause they have two on the women's roster that could do it, but they don't have anything for them yet, but that's okay. Continue. Sorry. They're trying so hard. And then they bring Alberto back because no one else can fill that role. And now all of a sudden we want to re push Sin Cara and Callisto when you just brought back the Usos mm -hmm. to be seemingly in the tag team chase. I, it was so weird watching Callisto and Sin Cara get a win and get put over so big that I can't help but think that they're going to bring back like Los Matadorias at some point and just have now an abundance of they, people. They are. They're of different backgrounds. Yeah, they're repackaging them without the Matador co costumes. But you're building up this number one team in the Lucha Dragons. You should hold off the Usos away from everything until you get done with the Lucha Dragons put in some cannon fodder team or two guys that can take a fall on Roman's team instead of sticking them with the New Day. And the Dudleys would be perfect here because, hey, they've been getting screwed the last four weeks. Why not again? And then you and then you hold them off and you can, you can even build up the Usos as special if you want to, separate from all that, while you're building this other team that's going to eventually take the fall of the New Day. And then you have a rather vibrant tag team division again. You put the primetime players in there with 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 Roman Reigns' team. That would have been perfectly fine as well. It, it's just baffling to me that, oh, and they got a huge pop, and they go in there, and they get beat. I just thought it was unusual, the timing. I'm all for making multiple teams strong. I don't believe you have to have a division where you have the champions, and then every month, like NXT has done this, where every month, you all of a sudden give wins to one team so you can build them up as the challengers. Like, I don't believe you have to have a division where there's only two strong teams. You can build others. Right. I just thought it was so weird of the yeah, timing. It was. It was very weird. Right I before agree. Survivor Series, too. Like, I keep trying to think of what kind of traditional Survivor Series match they can do because, you know, ever since Hell in a Cell, I didn't think there was going to be a team Undertaker match. I thought we had Undertaker and Kane versus the Wyatts. And if you were still holding out for a Survivor Series match and wondering who could be on Team Undertaker, last night should have cemented the fact that it will only be a tag team match. Yeah. That there is not going to be a Survivor Series match with Undertaker and Kane and team members. It's going to be a, you know, a regular tag or a four-on-two. But now that leaves a hole for a traditional Survivor Series match if they want to do one on the pay-per-view. And I'm trying to figure out who they can put in a match like this Unless they are not going to actually have an Intercontinental Championship match, unless they're not going to have a uh, a tag team title match and just start putting everyone together, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if all the f pieces fit. Well, the thing is, you had the four team number one contender match, so I think you're having a tag team title match. And if you don't, you can always do 
you know, the multiple teams versus multiple teams on both sides matches like they've done at previous Survivor Series where you have, you know, the New Day and Barrett and Sheamus and, you know, some other heel team versus and maybe a fourth team versus, you know, the, the Lucha Dragons, the Dudleys, the primetime players and whatever other face team. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out where all the pieces fit, because I, I mean, if Kevin Owens is the Intercontinental Champion and there's no title match, like does Kevin Owens lead a team versus Dean Ambrose's team and they just start mm. filling in spots? No, I think there's going to be an Intercontinental match. Do they put Tyler Breeze versus Dolph Ziggler one on one on this match? Yeah. And, and to go along with the timing of the Lucha Dragons winning, like all of a sudden they beat Wade Barrett and Sheamus who had been seemingly a tag team that they were going to start pushing a little bit more. Right. Like I would have thought of those two teams, this is the team you're getting ready is Wade Barrett and Sheamus. But no, that's not the case. And Rusev is just whatever. Well, in most years, it's just kind of been a nostalgia thing for the traditional Survivor Series match because they've used it in so many other special events types of things right last year was bragging rights and all these other last year was different because last year they actually had it as the main event and they had i believe two oh yeah that's right but they were i mean one was a four on four so you could always do a four on four instead of a traditional like five on five survivor series match with the tag teams i mean you could do the lucha dragons and the usos versus two members of the new day and whether it's the ascension or primetime players on that bad guy side or you know whatever you do there's just an abundance of face tag teams right now. Yeah. Like, what's the other heel tag team aside from the Ascension? New Day. Right. Well, as, oh, assuming mean, uh, assuming outside of New Day, like, who would you put in a New Day? No, they'll, they'll still keep they'll still keep Sheamus and, and Bear together. They'll still keep. Um, oh, who is? Your I guess other? that's true. I guess that's you, the two. You can do Mandow and 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 Axel. Sandow and Axel, yeah, maybe if they're ever bringing them back onto TV. I mean, well, you have, you have Kurt, event, yeah, so. well, that's not TV. Let's okay. face it. Let's, that's not TV. You have Sandow here, uh, going all over the place, doing different gimmicks now on house shows and dark matches. Mm-hmm. You have Curtis Axel tweeting last night during raw that he's a starter and shouldn't be on the sidelines mm. like publicly mm. trying to, trying to do what, you know, we talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago, what the divas were doing, what Naomi has been doing, what Sasha has been doing, like start making your own case on Twitter. Pretty much. And we're seeing that a lot more now. A lot of people get, well, <laughs> you think Vince reads Twitter? I mean, I, I just saw a little clip of, no, I don't damn, believe he reads damn Twitter. Damn it, retweet me. But someone's going to tell him or yeah. someone's going to tell someone who's oh, a yeah. decision maker what's going think, on. Canyon Seaman is going to see what's going on. I think it goes up to a point. I think there's a line you can cross and no one's crossed. It's, it's just yet. so funny that Curtis Axel is the guy who's in the company and these divas are in the company and they're tweeting publicly about their position on the cards where I just saw this clip from, you know, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta do their little best friends thing on high spots. And they had Ryan Nemeth on right. one that was released just a week ago. And Ryan oh, yes. Nemeth, who's out of the company, removed about a year or maybe even two years by this point, he won't even say anything bad about the company. Well, his, brother's in, his brother's in it. Yeah. But that's not him. But I'm talking about him specifically. He's now in my world. So <laughs> he is trying to be in your world. Yes. <laughs> the improv community. Now yes. he does shows, so. but he, he won't say anything bad. And you have Curtis Axel, who's just trying to push his own case again. And maybe, maybe that's the right thing. Maybe that'll work because I mean, what else do they have to try? Curtis Axel can barely get on house shows. He can barely get on the main event. Well, you know, you have, you have Cesaro and Neville, you can team up and yeah, I think they're probably going to do another team thing. Cause you have the Stardust Ascension crew. So it's it probably is, gonna it be. is just so strange too. I mean, a, a lot of stuff is strange, but, it's a it's a fun exciting time because yeah. after Survivor Series you have TLC where you're going to get more traditional like one on one matches with a bunch of gimmicks sure but you're going to get one on one see where the directions are going but you have Owens and Ambrose that can potentially be a thing that's new you have Tyler Breeze and Dolph Ziggler that's new you have Cesaro and Stardust that's new you have Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns which is a program while not necessarily new has been done so limited to where it still feels kind of fresh. And I'd much rather have at this point Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins going multiple times than something like John Cena and Randy Orton. At least it's newer guys up top. Well, you have it new, but the problem is it feels old. It does. It feels old because there's no logical reason for a lot of these things. And they never get to say a logical reason. They get to say an expository reason. I never feel like these guys hate each other. I just feel like they've been put in a program together. 
or they may have cost someone a match at one point that really didn't matter to move on to another program. It feels old. They're great matches. They're new and they're exciting, but you're not going to get you're not going to get a feud out of it for lack of a better term. And that's the issue for me at least in terms of watching it. I still enjoy watching it. I'm excited about the new matches and I'm excited about the in-ring product. But the build to it just, you know, it it's I can watch football and, and hear about the build. I know what the what the matches are. And I'll wait for the match. And this, well, it's true because, and this time last year, right, we were talking about, will the Dolph Ziggler push be sustained? (laughs) No. That's what we were talking about last year at this time after Survivor Series. Will Dolph Ziggler's push be sustained? But the problem we have here is in two months, we're going to be at Royal Rumble and then the push to WrestleMania not all of these people, like the Tyler Breezes, I would be somewhat worried about. I would be worried about what they're going to do with Cesaro. I would be worried even for Dolph Ziggler that yeah. when Undertaker comes back and in, in the build up to WrestleMania, when Brock Lesnar is back in the build up to WrestleMania, hell, if you have The Rock and possibly Ronda Rousey doing something for WrestleMania, which is more unlikely with Ronda just based on movie scheduling. But if you have all these people coming in for a WrestleMania push. Like, where does that leave the guys who are kind of on the brink of getting a spot on these shows? Are you really worried about this? Because they've been doing this for the last six years. I'm not worried, but I'm wondering who's going to break out of the pack. Like, I'm wondering, like, Kevin Owens, to me, seems like a guy who will have a special match at WrestleMania. But I don't know of anyone else that I would feel that way with. I wouldn't even put Dean Ambrose in that category of a guy who I could pencil in right now as having a singles match at WrestleMania. These are guys who are going to be in the multi-man ladder match again. Yes. Or a battle royal or something. With Kane. Multi-team matches. Yeah. Because you have all these multi-man matches. We have the Battle Royal, if they keep doing the Andre Battle Royal, where you can put 20 guys in. Let's cross that bridge when we get to it. A lot of guys. Um, I wanted to ask, we had a question on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Uh, Brian asks, uh, because I know you've watched WWE Table for three. I've watched, I think, all of them except for the most recent one with Samoa Joe. Uh, table for three. If we could pick three people in WWE slash NXT to do a table for three, you know, the 25 minute or so show where they're just kind of at a dinner table talking about whatever, who would you pick Jeff as the three people you would want to see? And you don't have to give me just one set of three. If you have different, you know, scenarios you would like, and I'll even start you off with one, uh, who would the three people be that you would want to put on WWE table for three? And the one I would start off with, I would be interested in seeing something uh, like a Sasha, Bailey, and Becky. Yeah. You know, some of the people who have gone through NXT and, you know, Bailey, who's still there and the others who have come up, I would like to see maybe, and this will never happen, but the old guard, as far as the modern area goes, like Randy Orton, John Cena, and Undertaker. Cause I would be really interested to see what the three of them could talk about with each other in a regular setting. I don't think it would be much. Might be one of the more boring episodes, but I'm sure as hell intrigued. You know what they do? Well, I hope we go back to Raw after this, but... <laughs> no, we're done our... with Raw. This is me moving along. No, I, I can't. There are two more things to talk about on there. What? Um, what a... Give me your three, and I will make an executive decision whether we go back or not. Okay, I have two different threes because they have these things as themed shows. So I'd like one show where injuries cut people's career short. So I'd have like maybe an Edge, Magnum TA, and give me someone else whose career was cut short by an injury. Draws? Yeah. Um, so you have an old guy, a modern guy, and a guy who didn't have much of a career. There's, there's one. And then I'd have, uh, I'd have one. That's a theme because they have all these threesomes that have already been together by other groupings in the modern era. I'd love one about guys. If, if we're going to do another legends table, guys who had unceremonious exits from the WWE mm-hmm. for one reason or another. Sure. So you get Tully Blanchard who failed the drug test. Maybe you get Jake Roberts, Marty Jannetty, caught up, and Marty Jannetty, and yeah. you talk about that. I think that'd be interesting for me. Yeah, I, uh, there's there's a couple of different threesomes you can put out there. I mean, I, I like the way they've been doing this. I mean, most of them have. Everyone has had a theme so far, except they were kind of stretching with the whole Miz, Truth, and Curtis Axel one. Yeah, it's like what three guys are available who are hungry. I didn't enjoy this last one. The, one the with Samoa the, Joe. Yeah, I yeah, didn't I, enjoy. I haven't seen that one yet. I, I wonder, I don't even know what they're doing tomorrow. I don't know, actually, should we find out what the one is tomorrow? Because they come out before NXT. I will quickly try to find out what is coming tomorrow on the old table for three, but uh, that would be that would be my three. I think uh, 
I even have one, Alberto Del Rio, Christian, and Chris Jericho would be an interesting one. People who have left the company for a little bit and then came running back. That'd be a good one. And, well, you stall, I'll talk. And they kind of they kind of fit together, Christian and Chris Jericho, and then Alberto yeah. Del Rio and Christian had the title program when Edge got hurt. And so Chris are, and Christian also, have, they have the uh, Canadian thing. That's down, true. So. That's true. Who are now Americans. Yes. Yeah, they're... So there's, I mean, there are a lot of different, this is a show that has an idea potentially to be endless, really. Mm. The one, the one coming tomorrow. Oh, I guess they're doing the divas idea. Natalia, Tamina, and Charlotte. Not the three I would go with, but. Uh, not, the, not the three I want. The three, the three <laughs> that were available. The, the, the divas legends one was spectacular. So maybe that'll be decent. Hey, um, hey Triple H, why, why do you keep leaving Bailey out of these things? No, I'm not going to go there just yet. Why, why, why do you keep leaving Bailey? Speak, well, speaking of uh, the Divas, Well, Jeff, let's talk about the Divas. Speaking right? of okay. the Divas, very quickly, speaking of the Divas. All right. Um, I, I, just can't, I just can't help but remember that that page promo changed everything. Yeah, I, I saw that tweet that you're going to try and needle me, so, so don't bother with it. But I love the four-way match. I thought, that was, yep. I thought it was a very good match. I thought it did a lot for Becky, and I thought it did a lot for Sasha. And, and let's face it, the right, the right woman won because you've got to get the Paige Charlotte thing out of the way. Yeah. Now, what I wanted to get to real quick on that was the Charlotte promo after that. She, uh, she got lost a little bit. Well, it's not just that. It was the monotony, but I'll tell you something. With the lines that she was given, if you watch her, and this is an acting thing, that you know, she's, she's not even looking at Renee. She's looking down to the ground like she has no faith in herself and like she's trying to remember stuff and it makes her come off as weak if she had said those lines about you know what Paige every time you say I'm my father I get just that much more motivated to kick your butt or whatever if she had said that directly into the camera it would have been a phenomenal promo even with the monotony it would have been at least connected with people but instead they have to do that thing where they're pretending to be a wrestling show and they're and they're like a documentary crew taping a wrestling show, so they're look like Ryback's looking at a place in the wall, very creepy, and and Charlotte's looking straight down, trying to remember her lines and talking in a monotonous voice, and it made her come off as as if she had low self esteem. Yeah, I thought she finished it well. I thought it was one yeah. of those things where she started, she kind of lost her place, and then when she got to talking about you know so, her being, you know, just I'm just herself really, and just the, threatening Paige, yeah, she really words, got into it. The words were fine. Yes. All she had to do was speak into the camera. That's all she had to do. And it would have been a pretty good promo, I think. Last point on Raw. Um, all right. And this is the only other one I had. Uh, the Bray Wyatt thing. Love it or hate it. All right. So I asked this on a poll, too. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Rob's just getting a little Twitter happy with polls. Maybe. But Rob I asked, likes, Rob I asked, likes his polls. I do. I like the polls. I'm, I'm a big poll fan. I mean, I, as many polls as I can get in me, I will take them. <laughs> Okay. The Bray Wyatt promo. <laughs> the quickening. It was the Highlander promo. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I, I asked the Bray Wyatt because I we had Twitter feedback coming in. Some people calling it amazing. Like, you know, one person even tweeted, uh, and I don't remember who it was. One person tweeted, how on earth can the writing team write a segment that awesome while also writing a segment so poor as the Roman Reigns promo? And then immediately after it, a Twitter, uh, you know, a tweet said, you know, that promo was the epitome of suck. And okay. so I asked on a Twitter poll. I didn't ask what the poll, I asked what you thought, but go ahead. I asked what, I, well, I will tell you what I thought. Okay. After you I, tell I, me I, the poll I wanted to get the feedback. All right. The Bray Wyatt segment. Awesome. Or suck. And we had another 50, 50 response. It was 50, 50 right down the middle on this one. And they were, uh, there's not a lot of people who are like on the moderate portion of either side. There are extremes oh, who people thought it was the worst thing ever it, to great and amazing and, I, and Bray Wyatt awesomeness. And I think that's the correct response is the 50, 50 one. The people who want it to be more real and the reality era and buy into that. I think I've given it. up ever on Bray Wyatt being, I mean, this is a guy who appeared in a hologram in the middle of a cage match. Yeah. It's, and, and that's the stuff we hate us old people. <laughs> uh, and, day, we used to take switchblades to the shows well, and showed our appreciation for the heels by stabbing them yeah and you know what types. as a guy who loved every time the undertaker like most of the time undertaker did these weird wacky magical like this guy is yeah. a spawn of satan they all loved the, it all these type angles like i thought it was cool you can have one of these on a show and it's you know okay 
you can have these weird things. And now they've tied the Bray Wyatt and Undertaker thing together again. So you still only have one of these weird things. I am completely fine with with all this. I'm fine with them trying to turn this Bray Wyatt into a magical angle, although I think it should be well more serious because if you're going to have Undertaker's possible last match ever at a Survivor Series and push it as the 25th anniversary of Undertaker at Survivor Series, focus on The Undertaker. Yeah. Quit focusing would... on Bray Wyatt stealing his powers. No one cares yeah. about The Undertaker's powers. They care about him winning matches. Yeah, and they care about the Wyatt family being a bunch of badass destroyers that they could be. This this Wyatt family and Bray's promo, despite the smoke and mirrors, he is great at doing that kind of stuff, even though he's not saying anything. But, but if, if you could imagine this real cult within the WWE wreaking havoc and destroying stuff, God, that would make this program great. But no, you're right. It's it's a 50-50 thing. If you like sports entertainment, you were entertained. If you if you like more realism, you weren't. Okay. Yeah, That's I, I, I thought it was one of those things where I was, in, I was watching the show and, you know, Bray Wyatt comes out and does his spooky little promo. So be it. Like, I know this is happening. You know that The Undertaker isn't doing anything. If they're even wrestling on Survivor Series, which they have to be. I mean, they were promoting it as the 25th anniversary of Undertaker, so you would feel like they have to be. Like, this isn't something that's getting pushed to another pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. You have Undertaker coming back at some point with Kane. I don't think they're going to show up if they show up at all on a Raw before this show. They're not showing up until the go-home show, so you're going to have two more weeks of Bray Wyatt coming out there and just saying words. So get yeah. ready for it. I mean, it's yeah. good. And they, the, the writer team feels like, okay, we can't just have Bray say the same old thing. So we have to go out there and we have to add something to it, whether that's going to be smoke, whether that's going to be, you know, the magic stuff. What I ate just, your soul. He ate his soul. All right. And it was he, low carb. He, he ate his soul. I mean, he, he looks like he ate his soul. Mm. So oh, wow. let him, let him eat the souls. All right. He's the eater of worlds. He's going to eat some souls. Mm-hmm. I don't really care what he says. You're just waiting for the undertaker and Kane to come back. And that's if you're getting, if you're getting annoyed, if you're getting annoyed at Bray Wyatt because you haven't seen The Undertaker yet, well, that's what you should be feeling, right? Like when Undertaker yes. and Kane come back, you're going to be glad they came back. Well, right now, Bray Wyatt is in the stage where he's making you, you know, you know, <laughs> just go crazy waiting for The Undertaker to come back to shut this guy up. That's what they should be doing. I agree. And that's what I want on dinner for three. Now I want them eating the soul. Yeah. I, why not? Yeah, enough of this chicken because they always never seem (laughs) they never seem to be enjoying the chicken on table for three. Like you're dry and sucky. Yeah, you have Curtis Axel picking at the food. (laughs) You have have Neville bringing his own food. I I watched that Miz one. I don't think the Miz even picked up the fork the entire time. Oh, that's another one I didn't care for that much. Well, because Miz was weird. Miz was acting like interviewer guy. Well, that's what they do now. That's if you watch this next one, that's what they did with Bo Dallas. They made him the the guy who's running the oh, conversation, yeah. so to speak. And you're just like, nah, just let him talk. Well, DDP was like that on the sting. I guess there is one who's designated. There's but one guy. Yeah, there's one guy who's designated to drive the conversation. Except for the New Day episode. And I think this is why I like the New Day episode the best one so far. It was three guys who you feel like actually talk to each other during their yeah. off time so that they yeah. can have a regular conversation. But Sting and Vader and DDP aren't talking to each other. No, but the three Divas one is good because all three are different personalities, so they kind of mesh. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing that one. Followed by NXT, which is the first episode of the new set of tapings, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I could be I wrong. I loved this last episode. That. This last episode was fantastic. Yeah, NXT has been a good show, and they're building up. They have you know a long stretch here, still a month away before NXT TakeOver London, so we don't really have an idea on the matches for NXT TakeOver London outside of you know what what you know based on spoilers I don't want to say it but we have one idea based on spoilers but they still right. have a lot to get to still for NXT takeover London but yeah I've been liking the show I've been liking I've been liking the network lately table for 3 you know the breaking yeah. ground show has been uh, a fun look inside even though there's glaring flaws at some points it's still a fun look inside it's interesting yeah, the, the tag match this week was spectacular the goodbye to Tyler Breeze against Samoa Joe was spectacular. I thought, um, you know, they're, they're building up the other storylines within that. I'm trying to remember what they are at this point because I've watched it like literally Wednesday, so it's been almost seven days. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, well, it. you know what? I mean, there's still time for a lot of these storylines to develop. Yeah. I mean, we're going to find out what happens in the, oh, in the, the women's scene. We're going to find the, out what happens with Alexa Bliss and all the, the other women. You know, Eva Marie doing the promo from London. The mechanics Paris. and Enzo and Cass, they're yeah. really doing that one well with the beat old school beatdowns and stuff. 
Now, I didn't like this week's Breaking Ground at all. I only liked about one-fourth of it, maybe maybe 35%. It's awfully I found, specific. I found, well, you know, last week it was, what, 75% of a good show? I, I was judging on the percentage because I, I judge, again, I judge on how much I feel is contrived crap for the camera and how much is real. Well, I go in with the perspective of, you know, every reality show is not reality. Right, it's but edited. it's not supposed to be a reality show. It's supposed to be a documentary behind-the-scenes look. Right, but a reality don't... show is a competitive show that they do. They do uh, WWE, WWE doesn't know what the is difference a... is. I know. I know that, and, and that's why my expectations are too high. That said, again, Bailey's just magical on this damn show. And, and she's not trying hard to be. No. It's just no, Bailey. She's coming. She's not trying. She's not being given anything. Um. But but come on, Dana Brooke being in danger of losing her job because she's plateaued. Rob, you plateaued for weeks. You're not in danger of losing your job here. No, because I'm the runner of this job. <laughs> but but come on, I mean, how how much crime? Well, do they you just give us they with, fired with they Brooke fired she... Devin on the show. <laughs> so I mean, they have to have some type of and Dana Brooke is going to be one of the true stars of the show. So you got to have some conflict for her. Oh, you think she has to overcome the odds to then please the judges or please the teachers? Sure. Ah, oh, she's well, already good. That's, that's, well, that's, that's I know that, but we're talking what is the storyline idea for the show, right? And I think that's what they're going to go for because they're not focusing on anyone else. They can't really show that for, you know, new Felia. They can't, they can't show it really for her in earnest because she's not on the shows. I just think. Less is more. And if you, I mean, what they did with the Apollo Crews thing, even before his last match, when they showed the clips that they showed on Breaking Ground, that's all they had to do. And he's a, he, and people got engaged with it. I loved, uh, you know, I loved the, I didn't know a lot about uh, Robbie, is it Robbie Brookside? Is Robbie Brookside, name? yeah. I thought he was great. Well, Robbie Brookside's great. I was lucky enough when um, I was doing IWA Mid-South stuff to be on a show with him. Okay. You know, you're a very nice guy. But yeah, Robbie Brookside's great. The training staff is great. Um, Robbie Brookside is the only one that I don't believe I met when I went to the Performance Center, Center last year. Uh, he was, I think, in the ring working with people that, you know, couldn't get away from. But Robbie Brookside's great. You get, a, you get a backstage aspect to, you know, what kind of the coaches think about and how they interact with each other and just an idea of how many people are there. Because, I mean, when you're watching these things, the Performance Center is just packed full of people in the gym and out there with the, with the multiple rings set up. There's a ton Promo, of people yeah. there in that Promo, warehouse. Yeah. Promo class was a bit cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's going to be because you're going to yeah. have these people who are nervous up there. I mean, yeah. I bet it's more cringeworthy when you're actually watching it live than when you're oh, yeah. when it's even edited to be cringeworthy. Oh, trust me. I mean, as as someone who teaches and coaches improv, it, it, there's a lot of cringeworthy stuff up there before they start to hit their stride. I, I can forgive that. Yeah. It just and I, everyone, I just, everyone's been a part of something like it. everyone went yeah. through high school in a communications class or where someone you know every day had to go up and do a report on something. Everyone's yeah. been a part of that before. I didn't mind that. I, I get a little bit tired of them hitting me over the head with how how hard it is to be a WWE superstar and how many people want to be one. But you know, it's like okay, we get it. <laughs> you're you're a company that's in demand for yeah, employers. Yeah, people like you, WWE. Don't worry, you're a special little flower. We're watching the network. Don't worry, we we're here. You know, we're here watching. You know who is not going to be on NXT Breaking Ground anytime soon? Scott Steiner. And the Young Bucks. Oh, that's true. Yes. I the thought... Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, signed with Ring of Honor and New Japan through January 2017. Mm-hmm. So they will be uh, they will be gone. So all these, you know, what everyone, you it was hopeful, more hopeful rumors than actual rumors based on fact. You know, will the Young Bucks come to NXT and get a sweet deal like Samoa Joe or someone else? It's not going to happen. I'm, you know what? I think they made the smart move. I do. I, I think ROH is more committed to tag teams than WWE is right now. I mean, yeah, and and you know what? They can still make the money from PWG and New Japan. And you know what? Instead of gambling, cutting your price and taking a gamble on whether or not they're going to get... Because they want to be tag team wrestlers. They don't want to be split up in individuals. So instead of taking that gamble... Well, because they would die a death as individuals. Take, take the sure thing. They would yeah, die a, a death. Deal. Yeah, they and, they are definitely a package deal. And with this contract now, you look at the landscape a year from now, and you can make a decision again. 
Yeah. It's not like this move means they're never going to WWE or that door is fully closed. It means a year from now, when the landscape might be a little bit different, maybe it's not. Maybe NXT is trying to tour more and they do need uh, more new attractions because maybe WWE has brought up all the NXT guys. Maybe they're going to be even more in demand a year from now. Well, the landscape just drastically changed today. I don't know if you've heard this, but TNA talent is now allowed to take any independent bookings they want. Right, because they're never doing a show in the United States again. Probably. They're done. I mean, they're putting their TV episodes on YouTube. Yeah, that's sad. Which I don't even think is the worst possible deal if they started like a subscription service with the amount of hardcores TNA may have. Pay, you know, pay $3 a month to get you the shows what? on YouTube. If they could, If they could become a thriving industry in India and have, you know, the numbers that the Territory Days used to have in a certain section of the country and just make it an India centric promotion, more power to them. Yeah. If that doesn't give you an idea of their relationship with destination America, the fact that they're putting their entire show basically on YouTube now, um, you know, it really tells you they're not expecting to stay on that station. I mean, you had the reports that, you know, destination, destination American already made the decision to cancel TNA. And then they, they just haven't kicked them off the network yet before their two year deal, but they're, it's about to happen. So yeah, put your shows up on YouTube. We'll see, you know, of course they have to be able to take independent bookings, which has already been the case. I mean, Davey Richards, I see on indie shows all over the place, small ones too. Like they're, they're taking indie bookings wherever they want. Yeah. The divorce, the divorce isn't final, but the parents have separated on the TNA thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, match number 57. Yes. On our top 100 countdown. WCW Super Brawl 1. 1991, the only Super Brawl not to take place in February. Right. The first one started in May. It later became a February tradition. The tag team championships of the NWA were on the line, or WCW were on the line. They were WCW at this point. WCW titles. They just turned WCW. Lex Luger and Sting challenging Rick and Scott Steiner at the inaugural Super Brawl, WCW. This is match number 57 on our list. Uh, Jeff Hawkins. Mm-hmm. After this match took place, Dusty Rhodes called it the greatest tag team match he had ever seen in professional wrestling history. Well, Dusty's one to oversell a few things. He, um, he oversold just a little bit, but I went to look at the Dave Meltzer recommendation rating, a little star rating that Dave gave out at the time. And at the time, he gave this four and a half stars. It's a pretty good match. We'll talk about this match. It's pretty good. Um, I don't think it was on that level, but at the time, I guess I would have... I, I just don't have a good idea because we're watching have, here in 2015 after yeah. all the matches we've seen for the last 15 years, not with historical context, with not yeah. having seen anything after that. But yeah. four and a half stars, Dusty Rhodes putting this over big, and of course he has to, is the announcer for the show with Jim Ross. Super Brawl, take it away, Jeff. This is 1991, so I'm still regularly watching WCW still. Um, and I was six. Interesting. Yes, I was. I, no, I wasn't even six yet. I was five. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> um, NWA had just become WCW in this year, and they had been reorganizing things. This is also the Steiner Brothers tag team run where they literally win the belts uh, six days before the people who took or off the or the, the people they took the belts off of had won the belts like six days bef- after they they won it and was put on. This is when they're doing the TV tapings in Orlando. So the Freebirds had won it earlier on tapings but they couldn't or, or late they for tapings to be shown later or something like that it's all convoluted but let's put it this way continuity was, was screwed up on this thing and and the steiners won it on a on a uh taping from the freebirds um they won it from March. the they won it from the freebirds before the freebirds had actually lost it correct that, or won you. it or something. But yeah, it, it was. Yeah. There was a Freebirds negative six day title reign based on yes. when the match actually took place versus <laughs> when it aired. Yes, we yes. get it. And, Move on. Oh no. Okay. Wow. All right. I'm getting, I'm so- getting angry at this. I don't know why. May I, I? I don't know why. But at some point during this match, too, <laughs> you're angry at the match, aren't you? I'm not really angry at the match. I guess it, it was pretty good. It was quick and it was short. It was shorter than I expected. I didn't go in knowing how long this match happened, so I thought it might have been like one of those 20, 25 minute, you know long title matches that really built up. It wasn't that. It was about 11 minutes. Right. Tony well, Schiavone this... was putting over the Steiner brothers as the most decorated tag team in WCW history. 
And they were very close to being that because they were the IWGP title holders. They had held the U.S. tag team titles, which had to be vacated, and that's why they were doing the tournament on this the on this show. Mm-hmm. They had won a world t- or a Pat O'Connor Classic or World Tag or something something like that. The, the WCW loved their tag team tournaments, and the Steiners had come up on top on this one. Initially, and- I just thought it was so funny because WCW hadn't even been around for three years at this point. Hadn't even been around for one year. WCW. They, they, the NWA turned into WCW in this year. The te- WCW had been around as a company since 1988, right? No. Yes. No, they, they, they officially turned, I thought, in, in 91, but don't quote the, me on The that. tag team was, title changed. Oh, the tag team titles. Okay. From WCW. Yeah. I mean, the company in whole. The tag team okay. title, yes. They, yes. They were, it was their first reign. This was, the only, this was their first time as the WCW tag team champions. You know, they had right. held the belts that were in the same lineage as the NWA, but this was their first time. So I just right. thought it was interesting. Then you start looking at, you know, how many belts they've actually won and, you know, the short history of WCW. And it was probably an accurate statement. You don't generally hear that in the first three years of a company, no. you know, most decorated of all time. But I think why this match may have been overvalued by a lot of people looking at 2015 eyes is this is a Japanese strong style almost match in terms of suplexes and, and power moves and, and things of that nature. Power moves and Sting and Luger were really on fire during this one too. And even more Scott. so, Scott and Rick Steiner were. Oh yeah, and and the thing that that watching this match again with fresher eyes since you know I don't think I've even watched this match since it originally aired in May '91. Sting is working as a subtle heel in this match because he gets the gets the heat on Scott Steiner by doing the hot shot, which was his old partner slash manager Eddie Gilbert's move. And then he also has an illegal drop kick from the top rope that they try and explain away with a tag that never happened, and Sting pretends to have tagged in. And he also stole um, Rick Steiner's, you know, gut slam kind of into yes. the turnbuckle. Yes. So stealing moves not generally something that you'll see a babyface do. No, but this was, you know, this was hyped as a dream match of faces versus faces, you know, show of respect type thing. A know, dream had- match and a traditional tag team. Like this is two teams who are at the top of their game, the super right. legends of the company so far. Right. Going into a tag team title match. Like the reason why it's on this list, WWE.com talks about how this was, this was about as pure a tag team match that you are going to find. There were yes. no ulterior motives, no, you know, he said, she said, just a straight tag team match. Now, I love that description because WCW or WWE calling this a pure tag team match. It ends with interference and what's more pure in WWE than interference. Right. And this had been set up earlier in the show. Nikita Koloff had come back from both injury in 87 and working the AWA uh, to come back and say that Luger Lex Luger had basically stolen his U S title, which it's kind of true because Luger turned heel and stole the title from Nikita a few years back. And now Nikita Koloff wanted it back. He comes down at the end of this match with a chain to hit Luger and he hits Sting. Enter this program. Because <laughs> Sting, Sting pushes Luger out of the way and takes the shot. Yes. And then after the match is over, the Steiners get the win. Uh, after that, uh, I believe it's right after that shot. No, they pin Sting. Yes. Right after yes. that shot, Sting gets up. He's furious. He's bloody. You know, Lex Luger doesn't know what happened. And all four mm-hmm. of them, they, because there weren't a bad team and a good team, they were all kind of, you know, respectful adversaries. Yeah, they all get up. They're wondering what's going on. Sting rushes to the back, finds Nikita Koloff, who is trying to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone backstage. And they get into this big brawl that goes all the way to the outside before the camera just cuts away. Uh, and, and, you know, that's how it ends. You have the Steiners winning. There was one spot during this match that I thought was interesting. That was fun. When Lex Luger is trying to lift Scott Steiner up for the rack. And he reverses it. And Steiner quotes, Quote, reverses, reverses it. it. When yeah. Steiner looks completely out, yeah. he doesn't do any move whatsoever. Luger just kind of wraps him up and then falls backwards. And that was the reversal. And Jim Ross has to sell it like it was a Russian leg sweep when Scott Steiner's were- legs didn't move. Yeah, I just think they were gassed at this point because they're slamming each other all over the place. So I mean, gassed. I, I remember that, uh, and they were all so jacked to hell at this point too, all four of them. And it's weird because like Dusty pops for the plancha that Sting does, like he, he like he did like a moonsault 
off the top rope outside. It, it, it's the weirdest pop that watching it in 2015 parlance, but you realize at the time, not a lot of guys of that size were doing moves like that and had that much spring in their step to do that. That was kind of reserved for the smaller guys, and even the smaller guys weren't doing it that much because we're in, you know, uh, we're not even, we're not quite yet into the Bill Watts era where pop top rope moves are banned. Um, and and so it, it, it's very odd, but also, you know, part of this match was this is kind of where they kind of given up on Scott Steiner's first preliminary singles push as well and made them tag team specialists because they have been building him up and give him a match against Flair, which is so weird because at this point, Scott Steiner is pretty bland, but mm-hmm. really athletic in the ring. And yeah. that guy, you know, get and hey. Rick Steiner, Rick Steiner, they had been trying to push different companies have been trying to push for years as a single star. I, yeah. I was watching some old mid South where they were been pushing him as, as the next big thing. So, so it's kind of interesting to watch how things, you know, eventually progressed. And then Scott Steiner all of a sudden became a, a jerk and people loved him. So it was 1991. Yes. And of course, historical perspective, it's tough with watching these matches with because this is the first time I'd ever seen this match. So I don't really have thoughts from when I saw it for a first time, because, of course, I was five. Right. So I'm basing it on, you know, kind of trying to get in that mindset versus what I've ever seen. It was good. It was fun. It was a quick watch. And, you know, all four guys were really intense. And I think I wonder if people forget just how big Rick Steiner was because he's, you know, one half of the Steiner brothers and Scott's the massive, gigantic one. He was always pot. Oh, you mean in terms of size or in terms, terms of size? No, oh, Rick yeah. Steiner was pretty popular too when he was a single in WCW later on. He he got oh, yeah, those always. He got those Dean Ambrose like pops where he was popular, but he wasn't really that huge draw. But he was still well, he popular had, in the building. He had the sympathy pops going until he brought in Scott Steiner because the whole point was he's getting picked on, by, or the, the the whole Doom Steiner setup was to bring in Scott Steiner as his tag team partner. And and so he was still very, very popular after getting turned on by the varsity club. And, you know, he was playing that kind of dumb guy character the entire time. And now he's now he's a, a jack badass. He, he was popular all the way to the end yeah, of WCW, always. all the way always. to 2001. He was a popular guy. But because Scott Steiner was so big and that was his thing, he was this gigantic, massive man Could that you flips. forget how big Rick yeah. Steiner was physically. Yeah. Big dude. Would, strong. Yeah. yeah, just and these guys just killed each other on the mats. <laughs> So it's worth a watch for for those purposes, I and to see, you know, I mean, just to see Scott Steiner in his youth flying around and and stuff, it's really kind of cool too. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, it was an interesting watch. I I wouldn't have uh, watched it otherwise had it not been for the fact that it was on our top one hundred list. But you know what? I'm kind of glad I did. I was still mourning the Doom versus Doom cage match feud. Yeah, I I, I loved that team so much. <laughs> Yeah, uh, interesting. Four and a half stars from Meltzer. You can go watch it on WWE Network, the original mm. Super Brawl. Next week, match number 56, Hell in a Cell, Triple Ooh. H versus The Undertaker from mm. WrestleMania 28 with Shawn Michaels as the referee. This is match number 56 as we creep towards the halfway point in our countdown. Hell in a Cell, Jeff, are you excited? Trying to remember it. I don't have a lot of fun. Well, mem- I mean, luckily, not- you won't have to remember it. I remember right. that they went home at about five minutes, but the home stretch took about 20. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they just started doing power moves after power moves. And then Shawn Michaels, you know, Triple H was begging Shawn Michaels to stop the match and he wouldn't. Oh, that one. Okay. It's it's that one where, where it's the, it's the I kind of, yeah, where he just keeps hitting him with stuff and saying, telling Shawn to stop it. And yeah. Okay. The, the match where for the month prior, Brian Alvarez was thinking there was a secret plan between the two. <laughs> Actually, a year prior, no, I believe no, it that happened. Was, in, no, that yeah. was WrestleMania, wasn't it? WrestleMania was where he, where the secret plan was. Yeah, it was a secret plan going for, I think, with, a four-year period. With the retirement stipulation. And yeah, whatnot. some type of secret plan between these <laughs> two uh, that never quite materialized. Uh, but that's what happens when you leave four years in between planning stages. Uh, but that'll be our match next week. Like I said, at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube, I have put up the page for November 22nd's post-Survivor Series show. A live stream. Jeff and I produce a live television program right after, right after Survivor Series. Uh, yeah. So you can go watch us do our podcast taping and interact with the show. There's a live chat room, uh, so you can chat with others who watch the show. You can tweet at us, send comments, uh, ask questions. 
Uh, get your voices heard on what you watched of Survivor Series. So you can go bookmark that page now, subscribe to the channel. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. If for some reason you're listening to this but haven't been getting your updated uh, you know, podcast feed or haven't been getting the feeds automatically, uh, I would suggest that you delete our podcast and resubscribe to it. Uh, we recently changed our podcast host servers, so you may be having an issue. Uh, it doesn't seem like a majority of people have had the issue. Uh, the numbers are a little bit more actually than than they've been. I mean, we've been growing a little bit, which is nice. Thanks to everyone Hooray! for listening. Um, people but like us. If you're one who's been, like you, people yeah. Like you. No, I don't. I don't think people like either of us. They're waiting for one of us to just beat the other up. I don't know. I don't know what the dynamic is. What is what is the dynamic between us? Because we're on the inside of it, so I don't know how people on the outside perceive us. He's the DJ. I'm the rapper. Are we going to be have to be in separate rooms when we ta- tape our podcast in Dallas? <sighs> Will you be like in one room and I'll be on the other? We're Skyping even though we're in the same place. I'm just hoping I have a ticket because I'm, I'm working through someone who says you, you, it's probably okay and stuff like that. And since the it, tickets went on sale today, I'm the, like, the okay. pre-sale tickets went on sale and the pre-sale never has the full amount. Okay. Never has the full amount. They will go on sale on November 6th on Friday. Rob, what if I can't get in? What if, what if I can't plus, get in No, honestly, there will be okay. tickets the day of. Oh, yeah. This oh, yeah. show is in Dallas at the biggest indoor stadium in the country. Mm-hmm. They were, there will be tickets the day of. So don't freak out. There won't be good tickets, but there will be tickets the day of. But tickets go on sale for WrestleMania 32 on Friday. Uh, if you end up going, uh, tweet us that you're going because we yeah. will try to do some type of meetup, whether it's the Shake Them Ropes meetup or whether we get some of the guys at Voices of Wrestling, like Rich, you know, Joe, who's going to be there most likely. Rich do, will not be there. Uh, yeah, Joe will. Rich, yeah, I, Rich, Rich, Rich won't. It sounds like he's not because the poor guy can't get his apartment sublease, sublet. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, we will, uh, we will put something together. So tweet us the, you know, tweet us where you're going to be, uh, as we go towards WrestleMania 32 in Dallas, Texas at AT&T stadium. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next week with our regular show in a couple of weeks. We're going to be live after survivor series. So go catch us on the YouTube page. And if you want to interact about anything you heard on the show today, go to voices of slash forums or tweet us at shake them ropes. Be sure to tag in Jeff because Jeff likes to be a part of the conversation at crap game 13 mm-hmm. and Jeff, I will talk to you next week. Yeah. Rob will meet you guys. I have a strict, no meeting fans policy. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old, or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican jerk Turkey sub at firehouse subs, freshly sliced smoked Turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just five fifty-five for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.